This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida, and you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for September 4th, episode 2008, brought to you today by S Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh my God. It's Tuesday. It's top class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Well, welcome back, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Horses in the Morning. And, of course, it is Jumping Tuesday with Emily. We've been Yay. doing this for many, many years now, I think. So crazy. I know. It's really been a minute. It really has. It. it really has. And uh, and we're still friends. So there's I that. know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Even better friends than we were before. So we're going to be getting to most of this show. Matter of fact, right after we talk about WEG for a little bit, uh, the rest of the show is going to be answering listener questions on jumping. And we have help, don't we? Who, who do you have coming on? We have help. We have Caroline Huthart is a very successful horse professional based down here in Wellington, Florida, where I am as well. Um, she has great experience and very diverse uh, thoroughbreds, warm bloods, all of it. So she's going to be super, really kind of a, a unique perspective on some of these things I think will be helpful to people. I love the listener questions. Like, I think it's so great to be able to to help, you know, in some of these different ways. So I'm trying to bring different people on, you know, that, that have maybe different experiences, but she's going to be super for a lot of the questions that we have today. Isn't she also from Hong Kong? She is from Hong Kong. Yes. And well, she, we're going to have to talk to her about that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get all the info, but yeah, no, she is really, really interesting person uh, to discuss things with because of her experiences. Very good. Well, we're going to talk to uh, Caroline in just a minute. But first, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Next week, of course, is the start of the World Equestrian Games. I can't believe it. And we're going to be there for all two weeks. A reminder to everybody to follow the coverage at 2018wegshow.com. And look for 2018 Weg Show on any of your podcast players. Samantha and I will be there. We'll be doing interviews all day, every day. We'll be doing daily wrap-up shows every night. Wow. 14 wrap-up shows we'll be doing. So we'll be there all the time. We have recent Philip coming in from the dressage show. Wendy's <laughs> coming in for driving. Uh, we have various experts from press and different places that'll be helping us with the wrap-up shows. They'll be coming out every night, hopefully by 9, 9.30 in the evening, so you can listen to them that night or listen to them on the way to your work in the next morning if you're if you're not one of the lucky ones and gets to come over, uh, up to try on with us. But the team this year for jumping, I wanted to go over that a little bit because I know you know one of these people real well. And you and I are good friends with another one. Um, of course. <laughs> Laura Kraut's going to be there. And, of course, Laura's been around for a long time. Uh, she's riding a Zeremony, which is yeah. a Holsteiner mare from 2007. So uh, she's uh, obviously well-known in the jumping world in the United States. Always super successful. Yeah. I mean, she is... Yeah, no words need to be said. I mean, she wins everything. She's ridden so many different horses. She's at an age that she has the experience. I mean, she's going to be super for sure. Uh, I think our whole team is great. I think the only new, well, we have, the, <clears throat> we have two new riders, right? Yeah, we have Devin Ryan, who is a person that you know. Yeah, Devin is awesome. You definitely need to interview him if you can. Um, he is actually sponsored by my clothing company uh, as Equestrian and it's funny kind of like seeing the different um, press releases and stuff. Wow. Wow. Like Devin Ryan came out of nowhere. I'm thinking like, not really like 
he's been working hard out there. I mean, he's been developing horses, young horses, um, winning classes. You know, he doesn't always have the stock, you know, to be able to get out there and win in the big, big classes. But he's a great horseman uh, and really specializes in development of young jumpers. So, like, now, you know, one of his nice young jumpers is of age and he has some really good owners and everything. Uh, it's no, it's no surprise. Like, and he will hold his own as, as you've seen. I mean, he came out of everyone says relative obscurity, you know, and started just winning and putting riding in clean since runs. He was two. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, not <laughs> really. Like he's been doing it all over New Jersey. Like, you know, like he just happened to like, now he's out there on the world stage, but he, you can count on him. He's going to put in a great round. He's a super competitor, really, really good horseman. So if you can grab a word with him, I mean, that would be fun. Uh, people would probably like to hear from him, but I think, uh, uh, eight, he's riding a horse called Eddie blue, uh, which is a nine year old Dutch warm blood gelding. Yeah. And he's won a bunch. I mean, that's put in a clear round at Auckland. I mean, it was all over the place. Um, but it, it, to me, it's no surprise. We sponsored him for probably six years. And (laughs) it was funny seeing all the press releases. I'm thinking like, no, no, he didn't come out of nowhere. He was doing it. He's been working hard. Sorry, that's my chihuahua barking. <laughs> and uh, and for the ladies, he's a good looking guy. So there's that. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and he's and he's and he's yeah no and he's got a good good attitude. You know, he's a fun person. Hi, uh, chihuahua. Yeah, did you hear? You can't. Yeah, chihuahuas cannot be trained. I don't know. If yeah, no, know that no, they not. don't. <laughs> like, I'm like literally like holding her head to make her stop growling. Uh, Adrienne Sternlight. Like, How do yes. you say her name? I believe it's Sternlight. Sternlight. Okay. Yeah. And she is riding uh, Crystalline at the Starlight Farms horse, a nine-year-old Bavarian warm-blood mare. And she's she, pretty young, isn't she? She's young, yeah, yeah. But she's won a lot, a lot of experience. She shows overseas. Um, she, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know how she's going to do in, in a big competition like this. I imagine, well, I mean, these are, although they're new to, you know, maybe like, you know, people watching the sport, like if you're in the sport and you, you know, like they're not new, you know, they've been out there doing it. Um, they're not coming out of left fields and they do come with experience and have jumped a lot of big classes. So I, I, I expect we're going to do quite well, actually. It's a pretty exciting team. I think she was a little bit of a surprise on the team. Um, she's 25 years old. Uh, she has started 501 times and yeah. number of wins are eight. Um, so, but this particular horse has been doing pretty well. So, yeah, uh, they've been doing a lot. Um, and uh, one of her ambitious was ambitions was to ride at the WAG. Well, she got that one down. She's getting it. <laughs> I need bigger ambitions. At 25. I mean, that's Excited pretty about good. Day off. Yeah, it is really good. And and like I said, I mean, they're contenders, you know, in Wellington, uh, you know, all over the place, like at top, top shows. So I, I expect we're going to do quite well. I know I know those two riders are new to the, maybe representing, you know, our team. But I I think yeah, it's a pretty strong team. I think we're yeah. going to do pretty well. And then the fourth member of the team, the only four this year, the fourth member of the team is our good friend, McLean Ward. Right, of yes, course. Yes. So I was shamelessly taking selfies. <laughs> And his bar and aisle. I like. I don't even care at this stage. Like, I'm taking a picture with HH Azor, like a selfie, no less. Like, it's happening. Well, we uh, we did an interview. If you missed it with McLean, you can go over to horsesinthemorning.com and just uh, search for McLean Ward, and you'll find the interview. We spent an hour with him at his barn, and it was, he was very generous. Okay. He has two horses. I guess he'll pick which one. And he has Clinta, 11 year old uh, Oldenburg mare, or is it Clinta? Yeah. Clinta. Um, yep. And he and that's owned by Sagam. Farms, and then he has H.H. Azur, who is a good friends with Emily. Um, <laughs> it's a 12 year old Belgian war blood, and, and Azur is the one that everybody knows, I think, because uh, of the crazy hind end. Yeah, you know, when you have a horse, a super horse jump like that. Wow, yeah, uh, I, and you know, that mare's done quite a bit. I, I don't know, both of those horses have won a bunch. I think, I think that Azur has maybe a little bit more, you know, big, big game mileage, uh, than Clinta, but. But you know they're they're both super horses, and obviously he's a super rider. So and and it says a lot about your team when your backup rider, your traveling reserve, is BZ Madden. Oh my god, <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna do great, people. We're gonna do great. <laughs> this is gonna be very very good. We we got a strong team for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think it's gonna be gonna be just fine. I wanted to go over real quick here because we have a lot of Canadian listeners, and over the weekend the Canadian teams were finally announced. Uh, they were announced on Saturday, and we had to wait up to that point to to get the announcements. So for jumping on the Canadian team, we have Aaron Ballard, uh, Kara Chad, we have Mario 
Thank you. Delorier. I hate French names, and I have a French name. Eric Lamaze and Lisa Carlson is the reserve. So obviously, Eric has been around a long time, and and a couple of the others. So I think they're going to be having a good team, too. I have to tell you, my Bluetooth um, does not. Well, maybe they are French. I don't know. But whenever I call you or you call me, it says says, a bear. Glen A. Bear. Yeah. It's so funny. So, yeah. And I took French for a lot of years. I never did very well in French, as you can tell. Well, and, of course, the Irish is gonna, are really going to be tough this year. Um, you can never overlook uh, Germany and all of the European countries, basically, Britain. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just going to be it's going to be a tough year. And, and the horses have started to fly in, by the way. I think they said this morning that 90 of them were on property already. So they're coming in. There's, uh, it's the largest airlift of horses since World War II. Um, Can you walking down those aisles with all those top horses in one 600 place? 600 like, horses are coming in. It's uh, being wow. flown in. That's just being flown in. So wow. that doesn't include the horses that are driving in. So, yeah, wow. it's going to be very exciting, and that's all coming up over the next couple of weeks. Follow it at 2018wegshow.com. All right, we're going to get to our questions right after we talk a little bit about Sequestrian. What's going on over there? S is shaking and moving. We've got a lot of new productions about to roll out. Um, the jackets, actually, we have a nice line of stock jackets that you can buy off the rack. Um, will be available, I think, in a couple, excuse me, a couple weeks here. Um, we have, I think we talked last episode that we had a really exciting thing happen at Saugerties where we had a brick and mortar store there pick up the line and showcase it, a Rauschenbach tax store. Um, but it, I think the biggest thing for kind of like where we're moving right now is really more of these custom orders that has really taken off and you can see that online. It's ecequestrian.com. And uh, the IHSA, the barn orders, you can get your own logo in the collar. That has really taken off. Like it's always kind of taking off, but I think now, and it's also the time of year, I guess, because the colleges are, you know, getting their teams together, gearing up for, um, for, for the season. But, but that, that I think is really, really cool to watch that it's going as strong as it is. And then Really, I mean, I'm not as excited, to be honest, about the stock jackets because, like, I really want crazy colors and, like, I like the custom stuff. But I have to say, you know, I, I take it back. I take it back. The jacket, the, the made-to-order off-the-rack show coats, the fact that those are coming and they're going to be at your tax stores, that's pretty cool. So you can check them out. They're going to be all over. We're selling through Dover. We're selling through multiple different tax stores. We're going to have a store in, at WEF um, in Wellington this year. Um, and then as always, you can shop online at ecequestrianco.com. Very good. ecequestrianco.com. Caroline is joining us next to help answer a bunch of your questions. We have Miss Caroline Huthart here is a professional working in Wellington, Florida. She's actually from Hong Kong and had a very successful jumper career and rode on the Hong Kong team as a junior. And she has all kind of experience here to offer. We're so glad that she's here. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you could be here. I think it's very fun. Uh, we actually do work together quite a bit, but come from totally different experiences and backgrounds. And this is probably my most favorite thing to do is answer these listener questions. And I thought you would absolutely be perfect for this episode here. We have so many interesting ones and you've done young horses, older horses, all the way up to Grand Prix. So we're, and jumpers primarily because in Hong Kong, they don't really have hunters, right? Or Eck, it's, it's primarily jumpers and even uh, off the track. Most of your horses, I believe, are off the track. It's a lot of off the track. Yeah. Yeah which is awesome. So you know a lot about rehabs and, and injuries and all of this. So, uh, I mean, it would be a little bit fun if you could tell us kind of your background a little bit growing up in the riding club in Hong Kong. I've heard some, but, but fill us in a little bit on that before we get to the listener questions. So, yeah, I did a lot of pony club stuff in Hong Kong, and we don't really do the hunters. It's based off of the English riding system. So, Jumpers, eventing, you name it, X-race horses. Uh, but yeah, the experience is all kinds of stuff. What did, like, did, what, did the eventing um, course go across the top of buildings? How did that work? Uh, Hong Kong's a pretty crowded place. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the barns are kind of in the new territories, which are off the main island. Okay. We don't have big grassy fields or anything. The eventing course actually goes parallel with the golf course oh out God. there. 
Um, yeah. So it's what we can do. But yes, it makes things challenging, but you learn a lot. How did you end up being born there? Uh, my parents lived there permanently, and my father was actually born and raised there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very well, cool. and you did, you were telling me about your riding, like it's, they have riding clubs there, right? So you're kind of, it's, you know, you, you were telling me so many different stories about all these different off the track courses that would come in to be evaluated for, were they for the program or like tell, you, you know what I'm talking about? Those different, all kinds of different yeah, stories. So I don't have because, the lingo, but. Well, as Glenn said, space is limited. <laughs> so we don't import really like that. We take the rejects from the track and do what we can with them and, either put them in a lesson program. Uh, nobody really owns horses per se like that because, like you said, they're clubs. There are certain riding facilities, and that's it. Nobody has personal horses or a backyard stable or anything. So there's the various riding clubs, and, um, and we kind of go through them. They all shuffle through a program where we evaluate soundness and appropriateness for lesson programs or there's a lot of lease options and the jockey club kind of controls a lot of it it's amazing they're the big buyers yeah it really is well so that's where all your experience with rehabs and injuries and just so much you've seen so much with those horses coming off the track and having to repurpose them oh so much so much and you really learn a lot about how a horse thinks and the attitude and just the general behavior of it all because you have to change a horse that's been bred to run as fast as it can to then take a kid around a jumping course or go eventing and and it really makes you learn very quickly on the spot did you find that a lot of them were suitable for that was it a big percentage or was it like Actually, small they were just coming in and, and really so the horse with one eye, I remember him because he was an event horse, an X-race horse, one eye, evented for 10 years. Wow. So you get a range of everything. <laughs> wow. And you can do that FEI, you know, you can jump top, yeah. top sport with one eye, which to me, I'm, I'm like, how, how can they, you know, but they can and they can well. I mean, they now can. Now yard source, yeah, that's, that's shocking to me. And what about the soundness? Yeah. Did you find they were coming like... Well, you know, like what was the soundness of these horses coming off the track at, uh, you know, after they'd raced? Some you had to really just pass on and uh, those would be shipped up to mainland China. And But the ones that were suitable, uh, the best ones were the failures. And those that failed really didn't get the they wear They didn't run so hard. Yeah. No, yeah. they just... It's a lot, Failed, but succeeded in somewhere else. So yeah, I was awesome. happy. Yeah. Right. For sure. Well, Caroline had a fabulous horse, um, as a junior Bobby, uh, do you happen to know that thor it's a thoroughbred horse? He, he, he raced, right? He, he raced. Race Hong he Kong. was an yeah. exceptional failure. His best placing was second last, but I took him from Hong Kong. We did all kinds of jumping. Uh, all top riders came and saw him. I brought him over to the U.S. with me to boarding school. I brought him to college. We did all the top tracks, and he failed miserably as a racehorse. But he, he was won everything. He was horse. hot, hot, hot. Everyone was like, Caroline's going to be up in that corner of the ring doing a circle if you could just try to stay out of her way. And yep. it's like a circle. He was like, buck, 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 buck. <laughs> no, he was, he was hot. He was hot as they come, but just he amazing. He was as hot as they come. You guys yep, want everything. Knees yeah. to the eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. And Super scope. And, but, you know, but you did that. You brought that horse along. It's exciting. Your Velcro butt came from that horse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Had to have. <laughs> This yes. one can stick yeah. in the tack. She can stick in you, the tack. That and and the you have to learn to ride very quiet, as if you're not there. That's why you're so quiet too, because you're riding Bobby. Yep. And we're just like nobody can go near Caroline because she's doing cartwheels in the corner. You know. So yeah, would you say exactly. a larger percentage of the the thoroughbreds end up with an after career there because of the way the setup is than do here? There, it's kind of the only way we funnel horses through. So I don't actually know oh, why okay. it is versus versus here. Uh, a lot of our racehorses come from Europe and England. 
not much. Some come from the U.S., but they're actually bigger than the racehorses here, so they do. They're suitable for up to Grand Prix dressage. I've seen the ex-racehorse do piafs and passage. Unbelievable. They're way bigger, though. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah, she's a wealth of information for sure. Very, very unique. Okay, so she went from one tropical climate to another in Florida. I know. It's so hot down here. She's like, I grew up in Hong Kong. It's not hot down here. And I'm like sweating, like, I'm from New York. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah, I know, Caroline. Yeah, but I did at boarding school. I struggled with the snow because growing up in Hong Kong, like you're saying, I'd never seen it before, ever. You're better off just leaving it. I mean, nobody wants to see it. I mean, in a postcard or something, but no, it's so terrible. Yeah. It comes with the biting, chilling cold, and then your feet are numb and your horses are bucking. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, yeah. It makes it makes the hot horses just a Oh, nightmare. God. I know. Said I like can. a true Floridian right no. there. No. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance. If, if it gets I would rather just 70, stay down here. Yeah. I mean, it's stay dangerous. Down here. You're going to die. Yeah. 70 yeah. or under, you've got a real problem. You better find your lunge line and put your heels down. But all right. So let's exactly. go through these questions. I think this is going to be super fun because we come from kind of different uh, experiences, but both operating kind of on the same field here. All right. Let's uh, start with Courtney sent this one in. How do you explain following a horse's mouth and maintaining contact over a jump versus restricting the horse through the mouth to a student? So she's, a, I know she teaches, uh, I know she teaches uh, beginners through maybe middle level. Uh, she says, backstory is, I can't make it clear to a student that she shouldn't throw away the reins when she is going over a jump and should maintain a light following contact. But she is convinced that not throwing away the reins means she is hitting him in the mouth. And actually, in driving, we have this problem all the time. And I have this problem all the time, and I have to be aware to maintain a little bit of contact all the time, because in driving, that's very important, right? Uh, it's the only contact we have. So anyway, we're not jumping jumps, though. At least we're not supposed to. So never good. <laughs> I'd for like them. to see it, to yeah, be I, I have gone yeah, over logs, not intentionally. It's not comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think we need to set something up. I mean, that would be really fun. <laughs> it could be a new sport. <laughs> it could be. Like chariot racing over jumps. Um, I don't, I mean, a few things, I, I think the first thing, I mean, it's sort of a involved, you know, multi-dimensional question here a little bit, but, um, yeah, she's asking how to teach it. Yeah. You know, I, I think firstly, you know, as far as the contact, the contact is in the mouth when you do let go of the reins entirely, you know, the, the, the bit in the horse's mouth is not stabilized. And so people think that they're being soft and they're dropping the reins, but you're actually kind of rattling that bit in the mouth. Um, so softer is to keep a consistent steady contact, which is hard. Caroline, you've taught a lot. What do you think about how you would, how you would uh, explain? As a visual learner, I I like to create pictures in people's heads. So like you're partnering with the horse and you're supporting your partner up until the fence. Dropping him like that is just kind of leaving him to his own devices. When you've been supporting all the way up to the fence, you have to continue that to the other side, but gently as if your hand is on the bit, but definitely dropping him is just like dropping a partner on the dance floor. And for your release, I mean, I would, I would recommend an automatic release. Uh, Yeah. So I would follow alongside the neck. I know that's very old school. You don't see a lot, but to teach it, it, it encourages the motion and you can adapt and finesse it once you figure it out you just have to learn what the feel is per horse some like a stronger contact but the absolute drop that you don't drop your dance partner on the floor that's your partner around a course of jumps you have to be supportive and and just like emily's to emily's point like a loose ring metal bit in the mouth moves a lot has motion and when you drop that that's heavy in the mouth you've suddenly just dropped a metal piece on their tongue. It rattles up into the roof of their mouth. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. You have, yeah. I I think for sure, no dropping. I mean, I see people drop them, you know, in the schooling area to try to get a rub or something before class. And you're just like, eh, it's not really kind. It's not really fair. Um, and you can, I guess in a way with a following dropping contact, initiate a horse to back off the jump, uh, in a way, but, but you just, you really need to always have, 
a fluid contact. You got to support that your partner. You, yeah. you can't, you, if, if, if the student thinks they, they're being nice to the horse, that's your partner is what I would say. Yeah. You have to partner with the horse and your support over the fence is just as important. It's crucial as before and after. Absolutely. So you're not, yeah. you're not doing anything bad. You're not, uh, being offensive to them at all. No. In, in Germany, when I went to school, <clears throat> excuse me, they said, uh, you know, for those of us that like to keep our fingers open on the reins and we don't really hold the reins correctly with a closed fist, they say, you think that you're being soft, yes, but it's I actually, do that too. yeah, no, I know I we're that. all bad, but they say that's almost the harshest way of riding because you go from something to nothing to something to nothing. To, so it's like a shock, you yeah. know, where it's like somebody that actually has the elasticity in their elbow and their shoulder and everything. And they're following with the mouth and there's a consistency and a softness, but that, that abandonment is, is, uh, the abandonment is a problem. That's where you're partnering with the animal. Yep. You got to so, support them. I would say hopefully that helps there. I mean, going through a little theory uh, with the student. I mean, it sounds like they can keep a feel. They just don't understand it maybe exactly how. And so they're doing it too hard with a restriction. It's not a restriction. It's a following contact. And that's uh, a lot of times too, like I've had people talk to me about holding your hands like more uh the, you know, with the, the rain through the entire fist, not through your pinky and your ring finger. So, yep. and when you do that, you're, you can't really have flat hands, like, and, and you sort of activate your elbow and then your elasticity and your arm can move because that, that's, that following doesn't come, shouldn't come from the fingers. I mean, we do it sometimes, but you know, hopefully we're also doing it correctly through the arm. Um, but that, that can be a good exercise too, because you can't really, you know, when you, you, then you're locked in, it's a straight line from the bit through your hand to your elbow. Like we all know that should be, and you don't have the ability to lock in the wrist. <clears throat> so that might be a good exercise as well. Yeah. And, and I know it's, it's one thing to think I need to shove the reins at him so that he can stretch out over, but just follow him much more powerful than we think. Just follow him and your hand attached to the rain is not as harsh as you think, but it's so important to support because like Emily's saying, the dropping, the open fingers, you know, we all have bad habits and we try and overcome them uh, and just nip it in the bud. Just yep. try and practice. And each horse likes a little different. Some like a heavier hand, but you should always follow and keep some always. sort of contact. Like Columbus at the horse show. Yeah. So I was trying to I, <clears throat> hold him up. Caroline was like, I'm not worse. Don't do it. You got to do a following automatic release. And sure enough, he was beautiful. He put in a nice clean round. Um, it's a horse that Caroline been training and I just got on to catch ride at the horse show. Um, but, uh, but the automatic release, having the lower hand, I, I like to ride, like the hand, but, but I think in this instance, for sure, what she's talking about. And then a lot of the horses, yeah, the lower hand and the automatic release, because you can't, I don't want, he, he's classic Columbus, that horse, because you could be tempted to throw him away like that. Absolutely. But you see it, it takes away from the smoothness. Absolutely. Also, you're going from holding, holding, holding. When you drop, you lose the smoothness and then you're back and forth. Back between. It's just a very bad habit to have. Yeah. And if you can get over on top of it uh, early on and, and just play with it, depending horse to horse, you may be able to be softer or some really like you to keep a contact uh, uh, the same. But the chucking the reins is yeah, not helpful. No, not for any type. And now I learned something. I learned why nobody will dance with me anymore. Apparently I keep <laughs> dropping them. So, Kelly asks. There you go. <laughs> Kelly asks, my horse has been slowly coming back after having June and July off. He has lost some muscle tone in his hind end and is now in weaker on the right side than the left. We are working on small cavalettis and gymnastics to help, such as canter it such as canter in, trot out, shortening strides, etc. Are there other great exercises that can help get his muscle tone back, especially on the one side? You got that, Caroline. <laughs> so there's this thing called the Pessoa Rig, which we love at our farm. And um, what it does is it puts a horse in its natural frame. So when it's in a correct frame, he has some relief and just when he's doing it wrong fights against himself without the rider messing with him but it's really good to lunge on a small circle 
to the right or left, whatever's the bad side, whatever you want to work on, but it really forced the horse to push from behind and you're not there to interfere. So it's all work that counts. It's, it's like an intense. It's like correct. Workout. Yeah. It's like they can't it's evade. It's very correct. You, you, they can't evade. And, and when they do, it's not you fussing with them and doing other things. They fight with themselves and it teaches also you're getting the muscle tone it puts the top line correct. And when they're moving correctly, it gives them the relief, which is good. It builds the muscle tone. It teaches contact. If you have a horse with a bad mouth, whatever, we can get into that later. But for coming back, you have a horse that's one side of definitely Pessoa rig is going to have them correct. And that will build the muscle tone. You can even Pessoa rig over Cavaletti, small jumps. And that's going to keep them round over the top of the fences, which is in turn going to really build that correct muscle. If nobody's, they get it even. If nobody's used that before, they should probably have some help the first couple times, don't you think? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, it, it, it can be a little overwhelming if you see it and don't uh, have any idea how to hook it up. But once you learn it, it's quite simple. But for sure, if you're unsure, ask. It was interesting. Um, Pessoa Rig gets some crap from people for being cruel uh, over the years. No. But, you, but 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 I've got to tell you. Used Mo- correctly, it's not. Monty yeah. Roberts, who believes in nothing you know painful at all in training, um, <clears throat> said the other day, and we, we, it was on our show, he said, I, all of these various systems are fine if they're used in the right way by the right people. It's when they're it's used true. incorrectly Absolutely. that they're a problem. <clears throat> when there's different settings, yes. exactly. <clears throat> I mean, you need to be thoughtful uh, about your horse's uh, profile, the frame. You're not t- tying them in tight. You know, horses, uh, if you're really working the top line in the back and the stifles and everything, the horse's head should be on the vertical, like not behind for sure. They can be slightly out. That's fine as well. But you've, you know, it depends on the horse. But, but yeah, I mean, well, not anything. only can you adjust the uh, the tightness, but you can adjust the settings high and low yeah. on the single. You can adjust uh, for the mouth, putting a different bit each time. You can you can make it as soft as you want, or as strong as you want. Like a lot of our hot That's ones, the beauty like, of it. We'll put like a happy mouth in, you know, like something rubber mm-hmm. even, and then hook them up in the rig, you know, and so then they're when not. You- And then when you get on them after, when they've been rigging with that happy mouth, you ride in a snaffle that's metal is going to respect your hand more. And it's actually kinder because then the horse has the proper training and they've learned through very like specific guidelines without the rider on because we present flaws in our, in our riding, you know, we push them the wrong way. We, our balance shifts, you know, it can be confusing for them, but in the rig without the rider, it's very simple. It's very consistent. And so they learn faster. And then your ride time is, is, I I think it's very kind. I mean, I love the Pessoa rig. I I use it on all my horses. And they get stronger, well, then they have the tools. You know, you give them the tools and they understand faster. They do understand faster. And you have to think not only are horses one-sided, but riders are too. So not yeah. pointing fingers, but like we can turn a horse quickly into a more one-sided horse without meaning to. And that's why the rig, the Pessoa rig, is, is the beauty of it is that we are not interfering with our own one-sidedness. Yep. Agreed. Totally. But you can go online too and watch YouTube videos. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can see to get a feel for it, but, but it, but it shouldn't be the Pessoa. Like when I pull the rig out for my horses, they're like excited. When I put the rig on, they're like, Oh fun. It's Pessoa rig day. They you know, love it. They love it. Like mainly Tuesdays, you know, we just ramp back up in the week yep. and get them out there stretching, feeling good. You know, if we want to really, really stretch them out, we can put it on the low setting, even under between the front legs, you know, uh, and really stretch them out. Um, but they love it. Like it's not, it should not be a stressful thing. It should not be a hard thing. It should be an enjoyable, uh, experience actually easier than riding. It's just that the work is so correct. It's and so a stress, it's a stress-free workout. It's a them. stress-free workout, because but it's short. We're not on top. And yeah. yes, your because point, it, it's targeted. So you can yeah. minimize time. 10, ten your minutes you're out there and you're like, okay, we're done, you know, and they're happy. And no, I, I, I love the rig. I think it's great. Oh, also, here's a thought uh, just from our experience. Um, if you're bringing a horse back to add, once your horse gets used to the rig, you can add weighted boots to encourage the hind end yeah. to grow stronger. 
just Those like great too. people with weights, the weighted boots plus the rig, and then you're riding in between, you will get there much faster. Much you, faster you and with cool. less stress because when we get on and much we back to them stress. and all this, like you can just put them in control. I saw a thing, I'm sure you all have seen this video, uh, it's a, being passed around Facebook of them like uh, trying to make a new way to start racehorses because they're too young, you know, to carry the people. So they've got these like machines. It looks like a roller coaster. Oh, like, yes, track, I've seen that. You know, and they lock them in and they're but like, everything uh, yeah. is, it's based off of takeaway our interference. And yes. the muscle's going to come back so much quicker because yeah. it's working correctly without us saying yes or no, or is this correct? Let me try this. Let me you try that. Oh, you know, wasting time, not, yeah. not working the correct muscles. You yeah. Gotta be targeted when you're bringing the horse back. Be thoughtful. All right, very good. Um, Kimberly asks, I never really jumped, but I bought a Dutch filly with jumper eventing lines. I am curious, uh, does, I'm curious, what does one look at when evaluating a young or green horse to be a jumper? <clears throat> oh, in the jump Emily, shoot. This is your question, Emily, because you're <laughs> I, good with skating. I have I'm to gonna say, over to you. all right, we're going to, we're going to pass off here. I do. I've, I've heard other professionals tell me, oh, you know, you can, you can't evaluate a horse through a jump shoot. You know, you never know what you're going to get when you get the rider on. And I just, I, I don't really agree with that. I think, I think you definitely know what you're getting. It will change. Like we're just discussing with the Pessoa rig when you add the rider, you know, things will change and there'll be, you know, margin for error or whatever. But when you are evaluating a young horse or a green horse or any horse through a jumping shoot, um, obviously, firstly, we are looking at confirmation. How do they move the shoulder angle and the hip? Um, a horse that's going to be a good jumper and being able to negotiate a variety of distances is going to have to have a good shoulder. It's going to have to really have a correct angle. The front end and the back end should look like bookends, you know, in a good square jumping horse. And that shoulder needs to come up. The forearm needs to at least be parallel, if not, you know, up uh, higher than that. And, uh, you know, from there, if it's not personally for what I, you have to, you have to know what your, what your end game is. But you, you know? like to look at the hind end. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like for me as a professional, I want a Grand Prix horse. I want something that's going to jump around, you know, weg. I don't really care so, so much about the front end. I don't want the forearm straight down, but I will take a medium front end or a slow front end and, and a wicked hind end. I want those hips kicking out hard. And then from there, you know, you have to evaluate the carefulness. Um, because if you have a horse that dumps its shoulder a little bit and puts the forearms maybe a little bit down, it's going to have to jump higher because the technique, if the, if the knees are up high and the hips are out, which it's very hard, Heidi, uh, is actually like that. She pulls the knees up and the hips out, which is very hard to find a horse that does both snappy and quick like that. She is. She's, she's very she's great. Snappy, she's but she the jumps by like front and back. one centimeter because she can. Because she has the technique. She's just whoop right over and she's fast on the clock. Whereas a horse like Cash, my big horse, um, he dumps the shoulder a little bit. In the photo. Yes, the horse in the photo. He jumps five feet over the jumps. You know, I mean, we're probably jumping two and a half meters around the, the course. Um, because in a little bit in a way he has to because he is not pull, he doesn't pull the shoulder up high. Um, and therefore he has to jump higher to clear the jump. So it, it depends what you're evaluating. If you're looking at something for an, if I'm saying I'm looking for an amateur horse, I want to see something that's not spooky, that, that seems reasonably careful, but not stupid careful. Like if it punches one out and just comes back and jumps normal, love it. If it punches one out and comes back and says, no, ma'am, I'm not continuing. It's too careful, you know? So you have to, it depends what you're looking for. Um, and the horses, they can be, if they're too careful with, uh, medium technique, you're going to run probably into some problems, uh, later down the road. So you want to balance the technique and the carefulness together. Um, you're not going to get the whole package, no, no people, no horses. There is no whole package. You know, you have to evaluate just what you're looking at, but, but I would say, you know, know what, what your end game is and then first technique and confirmation and then temperament, uh, wrapped up in that would be the, you know, the, the carefulness. That's what I would encourage. But definitely to watch the hind end. The hind end is very important. If you have a horse that, like, you know, cash, the, our big horse that kicks out so spectacular behind, um, you know, very hard to stay with. Really hard. And you, um, But you also can't teach the hind end. To you cannot teach what the you're hind saying. end. You yes. can tune a little bit with exercises <clears throat> to make a medium front end become Agreed. Yeah, you can sharpen up the front end. end. Front. 
You can but, sharpen up with exercises, but you can't really make a high yeah, end the way you can make given, a that's genetic breeding. Yeah, no, for sure. And then that's going to determine how your horse negotiates, say, a triple combination or, you know, bounces when you're training like this. I mean, the, the hind end opens so that the, the landing gear can come out. And, and exactly. hopefully they're landing somewhat normal, if even shallow in a combination so that you can power out. Um, but if you have a horse that does the opposite, that draws the hips yeah. under and even? the hops, uh, yeah, you know, then they've got to jump body high and then you don't have a horse that's landing softly. They're landing very hard. Um, and that's, you'll run into trouble as well, say through a triple combination, or if you have a, an amateur green rider, you know, picks a bad distance, the horse just doesn't really have the bascule and the technique to get out of the way or, and they will, if they can, unless they're too careful <laughs> and then it doesn't matter what but your technique what, is. But, what, but, but when we're, cause we, we deal in sales and so we're thoughtful about amateur friendly horses. So yes, the jump is important, but the landing is very important too. So How does he land? Is he throwing his feet out? Is he landing hard and heavy? Is he going to hold up? Um, how far out is he landing? Is this something that's going to be corrected or not? Is it the a natural so important. arc? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that depends on the technique and confirmation. So it kind of all goes together. You know, you see one that's jumping like a dog off of a pier, you know, and landing <laughs> six feet after the jump, you know, you're just thinking, you know what, like you better find it correctly coming into that combination, you know, or you're landing on B, like there's nothing you can do. Um, so, and, and they all go together and a lot of those ones jump body high as well, because they, like we're talking about with the hind end, it, it all gets wrapped up together, but you, you have to weigh it all out and you need to know what you're so looking pay attention for. to everything. Yeah. Not like just the jump itself, yeah, but like, mm -mm. where is it landing? What is the attitude approaching the jump? Yeah. And that's going to give you an idea in a, a little opening into the character of the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they do let, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in the jumping shoot. Like I said, I hear other professionals, Oh, well you can't really tell. I bought horses through the shoot at two and they turned no, out to I think five. I'm like, well, you probably like, the like, you know, you probably didn't feed them. Right. Like whatever. I mean, I think you can see it. I really do. You can definitely see a lot. You can definitely pick out uh, a horse from that yep. video clip of a jumping shoot for sure. I but agree. do your homework too, but yep. also do the homework. Look, look at the background. All yeah. right. Well, and uh, speaking of landings, now we're going to talk a little bit about the rider on landing. Alex says, I need help with upper body on landing. I have a good position for the first two-thirds of the jump, but on the descent, I tend to want to fall back onto my defensive riding roots and throw my upper body back. Think uh, riding <coughs> a drop on cross country. This has saved me when I get in the tricky spots, but doesn't look great. Uh, <laughs> it looks like I have a mental block to stay forward. It's like I have a mental block to stay forward. This, this is a good one. I think this is an appropriate one, like for the time we are, <clears throat> excuse me, in the sport. Uh, Carolyn and I were actually speaking. We were just reviewing some of these questions before before we were doing the show. And she and I have kind of a little bit different style, um, if you will, over the jump, kind of, because just the different horses that we ride and whatever. Well, I do have some eventing background. Uh, well, and you have the eventing background, yeah. But you stay uh, and more I forward. Shifted. I do stay with the horse. and. And at first, if you need to grab some mane to hold your body with the horse, don't don't be embarrassed. Don't think it's a bad thing or makes you a weak rider. Grab some <clears> mane. <throat> I do it. Emily, don't you on cash? Oh, but that big yes. horse jumping like that. <laughs> but, but stay with him. Don't you like, grab some mane sometimes? I absolutely do. I'm not above grabbing the mane ever. I think it's great, and you can follow with the mouth and not not hold on to it. But you know, like I like you know, I mean, I use my sit up that if you want to call it a cross country style. Uh, to effectively change the bascule of my horse's jump. If I have somebody that's jumping body high, like we're talking about through the shoot and the legs are all dangling down and they're jumping, you know, <laughs> three feet over the jumps and landing 10 feet after, you know, I, I sit up. I mean, I will be sitting straight up in the middle of the jump, like an eventer to try to get the landing gear out and open the hips and land shallow. So it's definitely like a tool. I think if it's being, if it it's is a style, absolutely a great a thing to have in there, yeah. if you can eat, just adapt it. To uh, the more modern, adapt to a different style, but it's it's about muscle memory too. When you're riding like this, that's why if you have to grab main fall with your horse, oh, I always grab. Because I know I've I've dropped off banks, I've jumped down into water. Yeah, jumps. you have that. Experience. I know that position. I know it. 
That was, was me in the combination body. of cash. That was you <laughs> jumping the bounce in the one stride. Um, yes, but, I'm coming in hot. But, I think we're doing a bounce. It's supposed to be a one. I'm sitting up. Exactly. But if you're doing so much and come from a venting background, that's also like a, a little bit of a point. It's learned behavior and grab some mane, stay with your horse. You will get it and it will become your new muscle memory. Yeah. Even the... Um, on if I have like a real naughty one that I ride, I actually have a uh, neck um, strap that I wear, which is very embarrassing as a professional. But I have some pretty pretty naughty ones right now. But it is the most important tool in your box. I mean, I'm like, where's my safety belt? Did you brought this horse out without my neck strap, please? Um, I mean, I use it, and and something like that would be great too, even to just keep and, the hands. And you from as a Grand Prix, where you are as a professional you're not above riding around with the neck strap. No, whatever you need to get where you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the horses, you you need to, to help yourself. Yeah. Grab some mane, get a neck strap, but you practice it enough and your muscle memory will, will get there and you'll be following your horse like a hunter rider soon enough. Well, not only, he, not only that, my girl's not allowed to hit her head again. So right, that's why I have the seat belt. Exactly. <laughs> so hold, grab that neck strap. Oh yeah, I know. I did come off at the horse show with the neck strap uh, this last week. I landed on my feet. Thank Shame God. I was you, like, you didn't grab the neck strap. I didn't. Though. It was too fast. I was like yelling at him. I was like mid air about to land on my feet, like Chicago, don't do that. Oh my God. But yeah, you know, I think in bounces and even pole work and anything that has like a little bit of a longevity, you know, to the line there and you can hold onto the neck strap or grab the main and just make yourself go through the motions. Like you're saying with the muscle memory, you're going to reprogram. Yourself. But Hey, sitting up, you know, that's, that's a useful but that tool. Is too. A, that, that is an absolute, do not get rid of that tool. Mm-mm. Because yeah. when you, you're on a, a hot horse or any horse really, uh, in any situation can make you need to be in the back seat. Oh yeah. That, that's not like a tool you want to get rid of, but you, you definitely adapt, but keep that tool. Yeah, for, sure. for sure. All right. Um, do you have time for a couple more, Caroline? How yep. you doing? Yeah. You, you guys are in the middle of a monsoon, so it doesn't matter. You're not we going outside anyway. Like, we, <laughs> can't yeah. go out. well, yeah. we can't go outside. We can't go outside. We can't go. There's a tropical storm. I mean, we did go outside. Everybody did stalls. and, and we mud- stalls. Everybody was very salty. We weren't moving fast enough. They wanted their hay. And we're like, you guys, like, we're in like up to like above our ankles in water. Like we're going as fast as we can, but yeah, we're not going anywhere. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then a couple more. Tara <laughs> says when ride when riding, showing my older horse, I would often get ahead of him and lean. I am now riding a young, very talented horse. And more often than not, I get left behind. What can I practice to better stay with her, uh, but not lean? So kind of the opposite, right? <laughs> we kind of mm-hmm. where we were the opposite exactly, of the last one. Kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have all those different tools and positions and, and, and like, it depends on the horse. I mean, they're all so different, not also, you know, whatever, they need something different depending on how their vascular is and what you need to, to train with them or help support them rather. Um, but I would say, well, Emily, Emily, we had a student last year and he <coughs> would lean and, and our, cause I like to use visuals. Um, what you would want to do is, is to not get left behind, but also you still want to be balanced. I think stand in the stirrups mm-hmm. and follow your horse and, and don't overdo it. You know, if you think stand, just stand in the stirrups. You, you almost, actually have. Yeah. And like with that, yeah. what you're saying, and with a low hand and an automatic release, um, you almost don't need a jumping position. Like it, you, like you're there, like you're in the middle, the hand is yep. low. So the, the horse's arc changes when it leaves the ground, its head is up in a jumping position, a little bit, maybe of an arch in the back. And then when it leaves the ground, it flips the other way, the head goes down, the back comes up. And so if the hand is kind of low, that essentially is what a quote unquote automatic release is, is because your hand is in the correct position, but maybe they're at the point of the shoulder below the wither. Uh, or the, you know, the top of the shoulder below the wither that when the bascule changes, you're, you don't have to move at all, really. Like it, it just wraps, it comes up. The the rein is the same length. The hand doesn't move. And you can stay, if you stand up in your stirrups like that, you're off the back and you're in the middle 
of the balance when you leave the ground. Um, I and feel practice like with placing yeah. poles because that's going to give you time, even though when you're leaving the ground and landing side, the placing rail will make the horse more suitable to you adjusting your position. Practice with placing poles. Like you can see when you're leaving and, and just yeah. stand in your shirt. Don't run up the neck, but just think of it, stand tall. And, and oddly, it doesn't look how you think. I know Stand tall sounds like you're going to look like an abrasive, yeah. But but it doesn't. It actually covers everything. It it really, it just puts you correct. Even with, okay, like, you know, very popular always, you know, people using nine foot placing rails before and after the jump. But even going a step further and putting, walking out maybe a two stride placing rail or something before that. So you have a little bit of a lead up. And so it's, you can feel the progression, but also gymnastics to do the same thing. If you can do trot in or canter in gymnastics, whatever you want, you know, whatever distances, but you're going to, you're going to feel. If it's a younger talented horse, he he may be jumping up harder. Maybe is the question. Um, But like you're saying through gymnastic, you can a little bit, and I'm going to revert back to the previous question, but like grab main and see where you're at. If it's a completely different style horse, run through the motions, try, try everything, but, and, and the muscle memory kicks in. Yeah, for sure. The, the, uh, everybody should grab main. That, that should be like a t-shirt. Like I, I people think don't so. want to grab main. I'm like, you grab, <laughs> or like be like, totally like, you just don't even care like me and like have an actual like neck strap. I have like <laughs> have a really a nice strap. prestige stirrup leather that's like oiled. <laughs> like it looks nice. It matches my saddle and like it's on my horse's neck. <laughs> Just but because really, you, don't you know, want to get left behind, no. you don't want to climb up the neck. Yeah. And the neck step kind of like it's it's an underrated tool because it does keep you with the horse. Yep. And and you're not able if you're holding the neck strap. How much can you climb up the neck? Not much if you're not still much. down there holding the neck strap. Yeah. No, I, I think it should be more widely used for sure. And and don't be embarrassed of it. Like you absolutely say not. You. Mouth. You're a very successful rider. You parade around with a neck strap. <laughs> I literally, I like, I don't even notice. I think other people notice. I don't even tell. Like, I, <laughs> where is my neck strap? Like, I want the nice oiled one, please. And for twenty nine ninety five with three easy payments, we can get you one shipped right? out today. <laughs> I should be like selling them. Like, at yes. this stage, go I mean. to, go to. <laughs> 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 you call within the next 10 minutes. Yes, we'll that's right. You an extra one free. Right? Buy oh your night straps today. Get your next strap. And beautiful <laughs> colors, whatever color right? you'd like. And you just pay, you pay shipping and handling and that's we'll right. throw in an extra I, one And like free. everybody has one somewhere. It's some like random, you know, stirrup leather that like doesn't have a match. <laughs> and it's like in the bottom of some tack trunk somewhere. Like get that puppy Absolutely. out, clean it off. And, and Equestrian can have your university logo put on the back if you'd right? like. Right, I mean, if we wanted Custom- to. Hey, completely customized we don't even know how to make it classy i don't even notice anymore i'm just like where is my next draft but but yes we could dress it up quite a bit if we got committed but here but a, everybody should be doing in a pinch grab the martingale in a pinch grab the martingale for sure if you ride in a martingale you can do that too i to be honest i do find we should be sawing these because i giving my disclaimer here that the the stirrup leather because you can make it a bit smaller and so it rests a little higher on the neck than a martingale um that's what i like about the prestige one that's why i'm always complaining when they just put on another neck strap like i want the prestige one because it's a smaller stirrup leather and it sits a little higher on the neck so you can have it like sort of like midway down the neck essentially you know like or you know it's it's higher it's at least six inches in front of where a martingale would be um but in a pinch but, grab the martingale absolutely don't don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. You got a Grand Prix rider right here on the radio <laughs> that rides around the horse show in an extra. I know. So. I know. I've, now that we're talking about it, I'm slightly <laughs> embarrassed, but I have not been all week. The last two weeks, I've been riding be. around the horse show with my neck strap. Uh, do it. Do it. It works. It definitely does. All right. Um, uh, let's see. One more. Um, let's go with. Let's go with this one. Uh, Rebecca asks, how important is free jumping youngsters? Any tips for doing it successfully with only one person? Uh, we love free jumping. <laughs> going to say, And you can absolutely do it with one person. Emily, do you want to walk this one through? 
Yeah, I, well, I mean, we, we both can because we both do it uh, consistently all the time. But yes, it's I think part it's part of our program. Yeah. And, and not even for the young ones, for the old ones, for everybody, everybody, you should, everybody should be doing free jumping. And with a, through the jumping shoot, it's very spectacular. You can sell horses at auctions. It's very, you can test a scope, you know, whatever, and you can set them loose. And, and it's very fantastical. Everybody likes it. You can only go one direction. They're generally coming in off the left, which most horses predominantly are stronger in the left anyway, which I'm told is the way they're curled in the womb. But, but free jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Circle right, exactly. circle left. So walk them through how to hook up a free jumping on a lunge line. With you can do absolutely yes, one person. Yeah, one person, no problem. In the corner of your ring, um, you've got the lunge line. I like to do it even with the halter a lot. You know, like I'll put the lunge line through. Generally, it won't fit through the D of the halter, but you can thread it under the chin. You know, over the cheek piece, under the chin, and then hook it to the other D. So you can just maybe have a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of woe if you've got somebody. But a bridle really also is just Or a bridle fine. is fine. All, all of it is fine. But I'll put either Cavaletti to start, you know, to get them used to it. And you can build um, all the way up. I mean, I free jump horses up to 150, like no problem. Like uh, placing rails. But also rails. the guiding rails. Yeah, the guiding the rails guiding are very rails. important. If you build on the standards, you can put two rails, like an upside down V um, only on the inside standard is necessary. Uh, if you want more lanes, you can, you can, if your horse is dodgy or, or you want to funnel him in, you can put more jumps and more poles and whatever to, to kind of guide him in. But I mean, sometimes like I'll just have like a big, like hanging vertical with like two poles up on the standards, making an upside down V so your lunge line doesn't get caught on your side. Maybe I'll put a placing rail, maybe not, you know, maybe a ground rail or something. And, and it, it builds tremendous confidence, it helps again, like the, a lot of the work that we can do without the rider on the back, in my opinion, I really, it looks like the racehorse people are thinking that same way with that crazy machine <laughs> that I saw on Facebook. Um, you know, it's, it's better. Like it's, it's more, it's more consistent. It, and it teaches them balance. On balance. Their own. Exactly. And, and then when we get on, then the riding is less stressful because we already have a balanced horse and that they can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit for some of our inaccuracies, um, and poor balance and, and mistakes that we do as riders. Uh, but yeah, I, you can absolutely do it one. And then you just turn it around. Now let's go to the right, you know, change the exercise, put a single jump, put a combination, do whatever you want, you put know, a you bounce. Can, put a bounce, you know, all of it, put them in the Pessoa rig in a plastic bit and jump a Cavaletti bounce, like all of it. But the lunge it is a beautiful has, way. It makes the horse learn to see its own distance. Oh yeah. Actually. And they don't have the co conflict. There, there can be a lot of conflict between the person and the horse, which is not really the, you don't want that. And, and some of it is just mistake, you know, the horse not knowing and learning or the rider making a mistake, but you can take care of so much of that by teaching the horse to have their own eye and to be able to correct in a way, their own balance and introducing every, anytime I have a new horse or a green horse or a horse that's coming from dressage and we're teaching them to jump and we're doing the water the first time, <laughs> something scary. I'm like, okay, like, let's pop them on the lunch, you know, put them up in the corner, let them figure it out. Like, they don't need, uh, like, both of us up there, you know, bumbling around. Like, you know, you do it. <laughs> you you no, bumble you around by yourself, you know, until you figure it out. Or, and then or we can do two at a time, you know, like, I, I can do one, you can do one. It's very effective, and it's a great workout. Uh, absolutely. I think it's we kind. believe in it. It's part of our program. It is a For sure. staple. And for I see us. other people, oh, for sure. And we've turned a lot of horses around uh, in, into different careers. And uh, and I see other people uh, that, that get, that are starting to like understand too. I mean, it's hard when people are showing all the time and they get kind of stuck into a certain way of doing things. But but yeah, that uh, I think it's crucial. I, I don't know how people do it without one. Well, and, and they don't do it as well. I mean, because even older horses, when we get them, we start jumping them on the lunge, like their technique changes, you know, they learn more. Uh, about themselves and their relationship. They do. They get better. They yeah. they figure it out. If you um, get the striding wrong, okay, then you're on your own, buddy. You yeah, they get, get your balance the line, done all correct. by themselves. Then, yeah. then you get your balance correct. But over a month of free jumping, you drastically see the balance change. Yeah, the horse is gonna actually pick a better distance. He's yeah. gonna and that saves the horse's mouth. Like, cause then all we're riding around in the mouth and kicking and pulling and all this, like, you know, they could kind of learn it themselves and, and it makes for a much kinder and, and softer riding experience when we do get on for sure. Do it one person, no problem.
No problem. Okay, very good. Well, thank you, Caroline, for joining us and helping answer some of these listener questions. Oh, it's my pleasure. And Get tell, away from the tropical storm. Telling <laughs> us about Hong Kong. That was fascinating. And I think, I can't imagine, I'm thinking about our listeners, especially our auditors, <laughs> them not being able to own their own horse would be freaking. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. You, weird. you just don't have, there are no private facilities. It's all like corporate owned or, you know, like something with the, the government owned. And you go to this facility, there are no private facilities. There are no private barns. You don't ever have a farm that you can go to from your house. Like <laughs> It's beautiful here in America. I get to do all of it. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. I guess if you grow up, you don't know any different. But um... I didn't know any different. And now I'm just, wow, it makes me so much more happy. I was happy to begin with, but. Now She's I just proud have American. So much more opportunities. I'm a very <laughs> proud American. Now, do you are are your parents still around? Do they still live there? I, my mother is there right now as we speak. Yeah. Do you go back and visit at all? Uh, we. I'm trying to bring Emily to Hong Kong to show her where I grew up riding. Oh, cool. Where I grew up. Everything. I want to go to the Hong Kong Masters. Very cool. It, it, because the flight is so long, yeah, and we should find horses. Actually, too, with your head, Emily, I'm, that's a long flight, right. too. Yeah, I know, I your, know. So there's been all sorts of complications. Yeah, uh, <coughs> beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Emily. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Just boom, like just be there, like teleport. I, I mean, like, so Caroline, before we let you go, what what are the things? Forget horses. Let's get off of horses here for a second. What did you okay. really like about Hong Kong? Other, you know, taking horses out of the picture. I like the diversity. I like all the culture. I like how different it is. There is no place like it. You you can't be ever. You find me one person that goes to Hong Kong and says they were bored. I'll be shocked. Hmm. You, you, both, both of you have to go. I'll bring both of you. <laughs> she's, she's on a, on a run here, live from Hong Kong. Right? How cool that? Hong can, Kong. Let's do it. We can get a cheap flight going cargo with the horses. Yeah. <laughs> well, just but we I don't mean, import. So it's oh, oh, that won't work. Go everywhere but Hong Kong. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah I want to go can, so We can live from Hong Kong. Absolutely. You know the the Longines, the the Masters. I know the Longines Masters is there. I know. We have to go. Huh. Miriam's so there. We might even be able to catch that next February. And well, but those people are shipping horses. There. So that there, are. those are cargo and planes. I, okay, so so we've debunked this. <laughs> there are actually horse flights that are there going are. to Hong Kong. Yeah, maybe, just at a certain time of year. Maybe we could just tranquilize you uh, for the entire flight. That way your head doesn't bother you. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah. whatever. I mean, if I'm Can playing with the ponies on the airplane. Like yeah, we'll just, we'll just tranquilize Emily and then wake her up when we get there. Uh, I am. Yeah, in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I can't wait. Don't blame me too, though, because I'll get bored. You have to, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Knock us both out. <laughs> oh my god, it is just stunning. The photos from there, though, and the Longines Masters is incredible. We're we're going, Gwen. Like, come on, let's do it live from Hong Kong. Uh, all right, all in. Uh, cool I don't like fish, mean? though. Do they have anything that's not fishy oh to god. eat? Gwen does not like sushi, oh, so Caroline. Much. I hate to tell oh, tell you that. So much. Gonna tarnish I, I your potential relationship. No, really? I barely eat sushi in Hong Kong, so mm-hmm. I will give you the best food experience of your life. And it doesn't involve fish you, or anything out of the water. You don't have if you don't want fish, you want beef, I'll get you the best beef anywhere. Okay. And not all the weird food. parts no, that nobody really wants to, to eat, beef. right? Uh, it's the normal parts. I will not Dogs do the chicken feet yeah. for you. Yeah, oh, she, I, I knew that I knew that was coming. <laughs> Those I are, have, that, and, uh, oh god! It actually is not oh. as bad. What's it, it taste like? Your mind around uh, it? Chicken, chicken. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> oh my! God. Carolyn, we're gonna let you I go actually, there. Bye. All right, we love you, Carolyn. Thank you so much. Bye. Right. Bye. Stay dry. <laughs> oh god, so traumatic. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna be traumatized. I didn't either. We're gonna end on that right there. So. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, some of the lessons you learned there from Emily and Caroline. You guys did a great job together. You can tell you work together a lot. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, Caroline and I are pretty tight. Uh, she's a great horseman and, and super happy to finally get her on the show. She's got a lot to offer. Well, happy to share it. 
to talk a little bit about it the next week or two. Jamie will be back tomorrow. Jamie and I will be here along with Jimmy. And then Thursday, we have the driving show as normal with Dr. Wendy. Friday, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a show. Somebody will be filling in for me because I'm off at a conference. And then next week, from uh, next week, uh, for the next two weeks, we will not be live. So keep that in mind. We will have shows for you put out every day on the feed, on the Horses in the Morning feed, but there won't be any live shows because uh, we're not asking Jemmy and Jamie to figure that out while they're covering while we're at WAG. So uh, they're going to be doing so shows. <laughs> they're going to be recording shows, but they're not going to be putting them out live. They'll be out by about noon every day. Uh, and we'll be off doing our nightly coverage for the 2018 WAG show. So that look for that. It's going to be it's going to be interesting this time uh, because, uh, you know, announcements are still coming out about things that are going to happen, about title sponsors for events are just being announced a week before. So, you know, you can tell that they're still scrambling to get the buildings done and the course done and those parking I done. Say, and, I don't yeah. want to like be a Debbie Downer, but like, are they going to be done? Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I saw pictures as of last week of a couple of the buildings that were half done. And they, they've got two weeks to laugh, about. you know. So I haven't seen any pictures from this week. I've been trying to get insiders to send me pictures. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, no, I'll be there on oh uh, my God, yeah. week You're from today. Pause. I'll be up there uh, checking uh, it out. So so cool. Yep. So that's uh, what's going on here. And, of course, Emily, you can find her at? ECEEquestrian.com. Emily Wood on Facebook. That's all the places you can find her. I don't think she does Instagram or any of that fancy stuff. You do Twitter, do though, don't you? Yeah, the company does. And I think I do have an Instagram account. I just have to figure out how to yeah, use it. Yeah, we don't it. use ours much either. <laughs> I had someone tell me that it was like, you know, basically that's like, you know, one of those generation gaps. Like, you know, nobody. Yeah, we're I guess too all old. Kids are, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I'm all about Facebook. I want to see what people are doing. They see what I'm doing. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I, I get it too. Kind of like I, we're too old. Stuff, I think if yeah. you're under 30, you're Instagram and we don't qualify. So, I, we no. don't qualify. It's just all you're closer than me, though. I know, but I, I'm, I feel far away. No, I'm doing Facebook. That's all I can do. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning here at Horses in the Morning. Thanks, Em. See you soon, guys. Bye.